mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, massive recalls and the supply chain shortage are causing concern for newborns. With baby formula becoming hard to find on store shelves, what's a parent to do? Also this morning, community strength and stability under construction. Habitat for Humanity commemorates their 50th home build and the first of their next 50 now underway. In our community and business spotlight this morning, the United Way of Hancock County celebrating another successful Days of Caring event. And for National Nurses Day, a shout out to these very special frontline caregivers and details on a special campaign to honor nurses of color. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, May 12th, 2022. International Nurses Day. National Nurses I just think that's uh I just think that's really kind of uh, interesting. National Nurses Day uh is at the beginning of Nurses Week. International Nurses Day is at the uh, at the end and that is today as we wrap up uh Nurses Week. International Nurses Day. It is also Limerick Day today. You can come up with a limerick about a nurse. <clears throat> oh, don't make it naughty. Um, International Chronic Fatigue Syndrome Awareness Day today. That is a mouthful. It is Odometer Day, Nutty Fudge Day. Take some nutty fudge to your favorite nurse. National Fibromyalgia Awareness Day. And I thought this is kind of interesting. It is International Awareness Day. I can say it is Awareness Awareness Day. So be aware of being aware today. Observances and reasons to celebrate today. As you were uh, getting up this morning, just starting your day, perhaps uh, having a cup of coffee, this is interesting to think about as you uh, get your morning cup of joe. Get your morning cup of wake me up. Coffee can affect your cholesterol, but a study shows that its link with higher cholesterol varies according to the gender of the drinker as well as the way in which the coffee is brewed. Researchers have found that consuming three to five cups of espresso per day resulted in higher total cholesterol, particularly in men, compared to non-coffee drinkers. They also found drinking six or more cups of uh, coffee daily raised cholesterol to a similar degree in both men and women. In addition, drinking six or more cups of filtered coffee every day um, was associated with an increase in total cholesterol in women, but not men. And although instant coffee consumption was linked to an increase in cholesterol in men and women, it did not see, it did not rise in tandem with the number of cups consumed. So all of these variables. And uh, I'm thinking... Uh, by all of these, there are so many different directions this takes, depending on what kind of coffee you drink, how much of it you drink, the way it was prepared between men and women. It almost seems random, but the Cleveland Clinic says that coffee contains naturally occurring chemicals known to, to raise levels of cholesterol in the blood. So this is not just happenstance. So it may seem random, but they say it is not something to consider this morning as you are uh, just starting your day, 
We're coming up on uh, Memorial Day here before too long, right around the corner. Countdown is on. It already feels very summer-like outside, and maybe your thoughts are turning to vacation season. Airbnb uh, announced yesterday they are overhauling the way people search for rental listings on their site. And I thought this was kind of interesting. Right now, basically, you go on Airbnb, you tell them where you want to go, and it tells you what accommodations are available. Well, they're changing that up. And uh, now you are able to search for things like chef's kitchens or historical homes. If you are looking for something in particular, and it will show you those in various areas, they say the idea is to maybe introduce you to a destination uh, that you might not have even considered before. Um You can also uh, search for a specific activity, like say you want to go skiing or you want to go surfing and enter that, and it'll tell you where they have properties in various locations that would allow you to participate in an activity. So if you have something in mind that you want to do on vacation, but you don't really care where you go or you don't know where you want to go, this may suggest um, item or uh, destinations that you wouldn't have, have thought of otherwise. And also, they say it will help alleviate the over-tourism in extremely popular destinations. Uh, so, the uh, change is being introduced this week. So, I want to check that out on your uh, next Airbnb search. If you're undecided on your vacation, they can help you, help you out with that, which I thought was uh, kind of interesting. And by the way, when it comes to planning a vacation, it is best to leave it up to the women of the family guys just let the uh, let the ladies handle it according to a recent study by skyscanner 75 percent of women do the research when planning a vacation 95 percent of those were happy with how the vacation turned out uh other scientific studies have found that women are more likely to spend time looking for a good vacation taking into account different factors such as hotel reviews and local travel advice sally evans director of psychology uh Director of the psychology consultancy company Perform and Grow says she looked at more than two dozen studies and found that women were more analytic when it came to making decisions, while men were more inclined to go with a hunch, which doesn't always work out well. And especially when you're planning a vacation. Uh, A 2017 study also found women do more of the packing and preparing for vacations, including renewing expired passports, arranging for pet care. And getting someone to put the garbage bins out and collect the mail and do all of those things around the house that uh, need to be done even while you're away. And women generally handle that part. Anyway, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, generally, when women plan the vacation, both uh, uh, both men and women, uh, everyone in the family is happier with the outcome of the vacation. So, there you go. To me, now I look at that and uh, I think that just means one less thing that I have to do. This thing that I have to do. <laughs> um, and this is very important, you know, uh, travel, because you never know uh, who you might meet while you're on vacation. One in five, according to a study conducted by one poll on behalf of, uh, behalf of Exodus Travels, which uh, is a group that offers international group and self-guided tours, one in five people met their future spouse on vacation. Um, 
They also found some vacation relationships are longer lasting than others. I mean, what's that uh, old adage about the summer romance? You know, when you're a teenager and that summer romance that kind of fizzles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some vacation relationships uh, are longer lasting than others, which may be a good thing. Uh, 77% have made lifelong friends while traveling, and of those, they have made an average of five friends. Other respondents have had these relationships turn into social media friendships or remain vacation friendships. People that you meet up with multiple times on multiple vacations over multiple years. On an average trip, respondents will make four new friends. Whether they stay in touch afterwards or not, they would consider friends, consider to be friends. And uh, on average, people gain 12 new followers on social media from vacation. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, The people you meet when you are uh, on vacation. Uh, Let's see. Speaking of meeting people, uh, you know, the dating app Tinder. Apparently, it is a dating app and absolutely nothing else. Uh, Rhode Island kickball player Gianna Peccia found out this the hard way that Tinder is for dating, meeting people romantically, and that is it. She was banned from Tinder permanently uh, after the uh, website, the uh, platform discovered she was using the app to recruit teammates for her kickball team. Uh, According to... The, uh, let's see here, the Adult Kickball League Club Waka there in Rhode Island. A Tinder spokesperson said yesterday the company reviewed their decision to uh, ban Ms. Peccia and uh, decided to uphold the ban. They said it was uh, appropriate. Uh, She said she found more than two dozen players for her team and other teams in her league to fill out rosters through the Tinder app. Uh, she says she would host dinner meetups with people who were interested so that they could meet each other and, uh, you know, maybe sign up for the league. And Tinder said, no, you can't do that. You can invite people to, you know, meet your you and other friends and share common activities, but that cannot be the primary reason for using Tinder. It is a dating site and nothing else. They actually banned her for life because she wasn't dating the people that she met. She was using it for other purposes. That seems extreme to me. I mean, I'm thinking, what do they care why you're using it? Their their whole business model is in getting people to use their app. I don't know why it makes a difference. I mean, everybody knew that's what it was. They didn't, there was no pretense that this was a date and then they were being recruited for the kickball team. They knew that going in, but apparently uh, didn't sit well with Tinder one way or the other. Make of that what you will. And uh, how about some amazing science here? Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, officials say this is pretty impressive stuff. Officials say that they have found a fragment of the asteroid that allegedly wiped out the dinosaurs. Uh, the, The piece of the asteroid was found at a fossil site in North Dakota, along with other remnants from 66 million years ago. The fossils that uh, were unearthed include fish that sucked in debris when the asteroid struck the planet, a turtle that was impaled with a stick, and the possible leg of a dinosaur. NASA has called the discovery mind-blowing. And that is the idea that the uh, we have found the asteroid that wiped out 
the dinosaurs. And it was in, of all places, North Dakota. Kind of interesting. And this may be the most impressive news of the day. The best news of the day. New science. New science is showing that frozen tissue from from male testicles could help men who are cancer survivors regain their fertility. Research shows that this frozen tissue could be implanted and start functioning again in the reproductive system, the human reproductive system. The research found that the tissue would work even if it had been frozen for 20 years. Scientists at the University of Pennsylvania say that the shorter the freezing period, the more likely the uh, transplant should be uh, would be successful. But in particular, the study the doctors say the study gives hope for young boys, children that have to have radiotherapy, chemotherapy, uh, and are left unable to have kids as a result, and. And I think that is absolutely fabulous. I mean, you see these uh, stories of kids uh, that have cancer, and that's heartbreaking. But even when they survive, oftentimes uh, it affects their eventual fertility when they become adults. This could help uh, alleviate that. Can you imagine, uh, you know, catching, you know, getting cancer uh, as a child and then never be able to have, have children yourself? This can make that a thing of the past. That is just amazing science. That is maybe the best news of the day right there. Just amazing science. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Plenty of sunshine expected again today with a high of 84. It'll be mostly clear tonight with a low around 60. Two Cary Middle School students are in hot water after a social media post involving weapons and a caption mentioning school. Superintendent Michael Wank says the sixth graders are facing suspension and possible expulsion as well as possible criminal charges. For any other students who are looking at this, they need to know that the school district's going to treat every one of these issues seriously. We'll have law enforcement involved and we will provide discipline and law enforcement will provide punishment to the maximum extent. He says a fellow student who saw the inappropriate post told their parents about it, who then contacted the school district. Get more on the website. Violent crimes and shootings are on the rise in Toledo. City Councilman Sam Meldon says city leaders need to come together and address the cause of the violence. It is obviously tragic, the gun violence that we see in our community. But we cannot only think about it in terms of one-off tragedy after one-off tragedy after one-off tragedy. If we don't think about it in a systemic way, we're never going to improve the situation. More than half the 17 homicides in Toledo so far this year have been in the past month, including the shooting deaths of three juveniles. A COVID outbreak in the Cleveland Guardians clubhouse led Major League Baseball to postpone the series finale yesterday between the Guardians and White Sox. The league released a statement saying only that there were multiple positive COVID-19 tests within Cleveland's organization. Manager Terry Francona was announced as unavailable for the game due to a positive COVID test before the postponement was announced. According to the team, he is not experiencing symptoms. Kate Burdett, ONN News. 
The Human Rights Campaign has ranked Marathon Petroleum a best place to work for LGBTQ plus equality for the third straight year. Marathon this year scored a perfect 100% on the Corporate Equality Index. Companies earning the top score are recognized for their efforts in fostering inclusive workplaces for LGBTQ plus individuals. Marathon says it works very hard to ensure that their employees are treated fairly and equitably in the workplace. Remember, you can always get more news online at WFIN.com. Well, we've all grown kind of used to certain products being in short supply over the past couple of years. Usually it's just a temporary inconvenience, but the latest supply chain issue that is causing a great deal of concern for newborns with baby formula suddenly hard to find on store shelves. What's a parent to do? Physician's assistant April Lieb from Blanchard Valley Health Systems Kaufman Health Center is with us now. And April, have you been getting uh, inquiries from parents of infants worried about not being able to get formula? I know this has been a big story nationally. Has this issue hit home? It really has. You know, um, fortunately, our nurses field a lot of these calls, but they are definitely getting multiple calls every day um, about the formula concerns and their inability to find them at this point. Some of the reaction to this story as it has been making headlines in the news is that breastfeeding is the obvious alternative. It's never out of stock. It's not subject to inflation. But that is not an option for some mothers for a variety of reasons. So let's not pretend that that uh, that this isn't a potential crisis for some families. That is 100% true. You know, although breastfeeding is great, it is wonderful for babies, it is not for everyone. And, you know, um, you know, if you can breastfeed, that is fantastic. I would encourage you to continue to do so. However, we do have patients that for a multitude of reasons are unable to, um, you know, be breastfed. And mm. so therefore, you know, formula is, you know, the alternative at this point. And so, you know, we would never say like, oh, you need to be breastfeeding right. your baby instead of finding formula. Yeah. Um, that's just not, you know, kind of what we're going for at this point. But yes, the formula shortage is a very very, very concerning issue on all everyone's account at this point. Yeah. So in the reports that I've been hearing, and, and this is where the concern for me uh, is, is in these reports, doctors telling families, don't water down your formula. Don't buy it on eBay when retailers are out of stock. Don't make your own. That doesn't leave a whole lot of other options, it seems. That is correct. Um, but it is important to note, you know, we do not want you to water down your formula. And the reason for that is because formula is very specific as far as like the nutrients and the calories. And, um, you know, you can throw off electrolytes in an infant if you're watering down that formula. And so it's really important not to do that. Um, you know, we really just have to focus on um, doing our best as a community, um, as providers to help um, parents find formula. And I think some of the things that we can kind of um, get out of this is that just because your baby is on a very uh, specific, say, um, infamil, mm -hmm. um, if they're on the regular infamil, you do not have to buy infamil infant. You can buy the Kroger brand, the Meyer brand, the Walmart brand, um, you know, and looking at even going bigger lists like Costco or um, uh, Sam's Club, something like that. Most formulas are very, very similar. And so 
unless your baby's on a very, very specialized formula, um, like a Pyramino or in um, Elacare, those are ones that I would definitely recommend that you call your pediatrician about if you need to find those more. But generally speaking, if you're buying off the shelf, then whatever's on the shelf will do. Um, at this point, yes. You know, typically we do recommend sticking with one formula, but at this point, you know, a fed baby is going to be much better than an unfed right. baby. Yeah, you don't so, want to you don't want to um, let your kids starve. So right, exactly. Let me ask exactly. about a couple of other things uh, that I have heard, and again, it's interesting monitoring this on social media the way parents have uh, have been kind of commiserating about this. Uh, at what point can uh, a parent consider switching to a toddler formula if a baby formula isn't available? So toddler formulas are formulated actually very differently than infant formulas. So um, the, a child needs to be on an infant formula up until at least 12 months. Okay. And in our practice at 12 months, then we actually recommend changing over to whole milk. So we actually do not use toddler formulas hardly at all in our practice. And so therefore, under the age of 12 months, we do not recommend using a toddler formula of any sort. So along those same lines, if uh, my baby is getting toward that 12 month or very near that 12 month uh, threshold, could we consider switching to milk or something like soy milk? And, or could that do in a pinch for uh, you know, maybe a week uh, if there's no other option available? Sure. And that's where I would have you call your primary care provider, your okay. pediatrician and get those um, recommendations. Because um, I don't want to speak for all pediatricians. But you know, as far as like, our office, you know, if you're a week away from being 12 months, okay, that's okay, we can transition over to whole milk. Um, but again, I would call your your own provider and go that direction as far as um, transitioning over to milk. Is that kind of similar uh, to the, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, there have been an awful lot of, uh, you know, homemade uh, formulas, uh, formula recipes out there, and not just in response to the formula shortage. I know that's uh, certainly uh, uh, been kind of trendy these days to go uh, all natural and homemade and, and that kind of thing as, as opposed to relying on the uh, store-bought brands. What are the risks there? Um, you know, anytime you're creating anything at home, making sure that all of the the caloric standards are met and making sure that the ingredients you're putting in are the same every time, um, I think that presents a huge challenge. Um, again, in our office, we do not recommend making your own formula. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there are providers out there that may consider that a good alternative, but that is not the practice that we um, stand by is making your own formula. So the bottom line is that if this is a concern, uh, get a hold of your uh, local pediatrician, your your family uh, doctor, your pediatrician, and uh, find out what guidance is going to be best for your particular situation. Because it's probably sounds like it's going to be different uh, for uh, just about every baby. It is. It is. You know, every baby is an individual, right. and so you know we try and do best based based on each patient. Um, you know, we are fortunate that um, the the Similac and Infamil um, representatives have been able to get us a little bit of formula. It's not that we have a ton and we're being very um, cautious as far as like 
handing out a ton of samples. I did actually go down and speak with WIC, who's also in um, the same building that we're in. And they did say, um, you know, although they can't provide alternative formulas right now, they have been able to um, substitute some larger cans than the smaller cans. Um, you know, looking at like Amazon ordering formula, the other thing is reaching out, you know, I've seen some posts on social media as far as I can't find um, such and such formula for my baby. And it's amazing the response, you know, social media can be used as a really good thing sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, in this instance, maybe this is a good thing for social media as far as um, helping these moms out trying to find formula, because as a mom, it would be very, very hard to think, what am I going to feed my baby next? Yeah. And so, you know, if you get to that situation, reach out to your local WIC, reach out to your pediatrician's office, um, you know, because we, we love our patients and we don't want them to go without as well. So, um, you know, just kind of working together as a community can be helpful too. The other thing I kind of want to keep in, or I want people to remember is, you know, although maybe Kroger's out of formula, Meyer, Walmart, check at your smaller places, check at your Rite Aid, your CVS, um, Scarborough Pharmacy, you know, things that you may not think of as far as having formula, Dollar General, um, you know, the smaller stores may actually have some of these formulas, you know, people aren't running there, you know, on yeah. every whip stitch. So you could also look at that and see um, if maybe that's helpful too. And, and again, going back to what you were talking about earlier, by and large, uh, all of the uh, standard type of formulas are, are pretty much the same. So switching brands is not going to be uh, that big of an issue. Again, uh, April Lieb from Blanchard Valley Health Systems, uh, Kaufman Health Center, physician's assistant with us uh, this morning. Uh, it is another one of those uh, things where it's the whole community uh, in on this together. Uh, April, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. As we mentioned a little bit earlier, it's kind of a community strength and stability under construction. The folks at Habitat for Humanity are celebrating, commemorating their 50th home build and the first of their next 50, which is now underway. Wendy McCormick is with us in the studio from Habitat for Humanity, along with... Uh, from Whirlpool, uh, the Findlay Director of Operations, Ryan DeLand, and uh, Communications Lead, Laura Diger. Thank you very much for, uh, to all of you for morning, uh, joining good us morning. in the uh, studio. Uh, let's start with, uh, with Whirlpool has been uh, involved with Habitat for Humanity pretty much from the very beginning, uh, just about, right? Yeah, we've been involved for two decades. This is our sixth home that we've partnered with Habitat in uh, helping sponsor. Um, we're, we're proud to be part of Habitat. We're a generational factory, right? We've been in the area for a long time. We've mm -hmm. got uh, families and generations that work in the plants and are part of the community, and, and we want to be uh, part of the community as well and give back. And why why this particular way? What is it about Habitat that uh, it makes that such a great partnership? Well, I, there's a strong synergy there, right? So Habitat is providing decent homes for, for people. That's that's their vision. And Whirlpool's vision is uh, improving life at home, right? So uh, it's just a really good uh, thing that we can work together on a and provide fit. better places to live. Yeah. Um, also understand, and this is uh, kind of interesting with respect to that, uh, you have an initiative 
involving sustainability with these uh, habitat homes, uh, particularly. Yeah, Whirlpool is is dedicated to sustainability and improving our environmental impact, right? So when you look at some of the things that Habitat's done and how you construct the homes, Wendy, um, again, um, we want to build appliances that perform well, but also uh, have low environmental impact. And the same with the homes, right? So the homes are designed a little bit differently uh, to reduce that impact. Uh. 50 uh, builds. Uh, oh, my is, goodness. Yeah. That's, <laughs> when they talk about the significance uh, of that milestone. It, it's huge, you know, and, and you, we can get so caught up on the number, but I really like to focus on the 50 families mm-hmm. um, that we've been able to improve and really build dreams. Uh, folks that never thought they'd own a home of their own now are stable mm-hmm. and sustainable uh, yeah. in their own home. And uh, here we are building 50 and 51 uh, together with the community and just the hours of volunteers, hundreds and thousands of hours and uh, the donors that have made it all possible. We're just so grateful for this milestone. Yeah, uh, actually two of them going up at once uh, right now with number 50 and uh, number 51. Absolutely, so. launching that next 50. We can't wait to keep it going. So uh, have over the years, like you said, you know, so many families have been touched uh, by this. To to what extent do you keep in touch with those uh, those families? Well, we serve as their bank, so they're paying mortgage payments. Uh, this is not a free home. They do sweat equity. They right. pay uh, uh, their mortgage payments to Habitat, and those payments help pay it forward to help serve more families. So all our families are uh, doing well. And uh, we love to get them together. We've done the occasional chili cook-off and picnic. <laughs> and and uh, then uh, we're blessed when they stop in and show pictures of the kids. And I feel like they're all my kids. They've graduated and, you know, growing oh, yeah. up. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just been a wonderful journey. Because we hear about the, the stories uh, when the homes are presented to the families, when the families uh, get to move in and start on that journey. Uh, you actually get to, to see them after that and, like you said, see the families grow and uh, and evolve and really uh, become integral parts of the community. Yeah, one of my favorites is little Timmy. He was four when his house was built. Now mm-hmm. little Timmy is the goaltender for Finley High School, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, really, he's one of our success stories because the home means so much more than uh, just a place to lay your head at night. Uh, he had asthma and, and some other health issues. And really, once they moved him out of the place they were in, which was not conducive uh, to asthma, uh, he's been doing so well, and he's a healthy, growing boy, too big. As you uh, (laughs) mentioned, uh, none of this would be possible without the volunteers, including uh, folks from Whirlpool, who help make these things happen. Yeah, Whirlpool has stepped forward, not only on this home, but so many others before, Mm -hmm. um, to provide the appliances for our home. But for House 50, they're providing us a grant that's called Build Better, and it's really strengthening the way we build the home. We're doing a fortified roof uh, that will withstand high winds and weather. Uh, we're uh, putting in two-by-six walls that create more insulation and help the families maintain uh, their utility bills so it's affordable for them to uh, live in the home. Uh, we're also putting in tankless hot water heaters. There's so much uh, that they're helping to make possible, not to mention the hundreds of volunteers they're providing us from the plant and the funding to build. <laughs> so uh, to say that they've stepped forward with this milestone house is just huge. And uh, Ryan, again, as we were we were saying, this is you know we we put the first fifty in the books. We're starting on the next fifty with uh, with number fifty one, and that commitment continues into the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you look at the plant and the leadership in the plant, we've got folks that sit on the Habitat board, right? So uh, we've got people that want to give back that are part of this community and, and want to be involved in the Habitat, which is, it, it really makes it fun. It yeah. really does. Uh, where do folks uh, learn more? Obviously, always can use uh, volunteers and, uh, you know, the, the Restore also helps uh, fund, you know, the, the work that you do in the community and so on. Where do free people learn more about how they can help? They can visit uh, HabitatFinley.org. You can follow us on social media at Habitat Finley or Restore Finley. Uh, follow Restore Finley because that's where we post all that inventory and you can actually shop online. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, of course, all those proceeds help us build more homes. And the the ones that are under construction now, number 50 and number 51, what is the timeline on those? Sure. Uh, we actually are full with volunteers, uh, but we are recruiting for 52 and 53 that uh, kicks okay. off September 10th. Okay. Uh, so you can contact our office and we'll get you signed up for that. Uh, but come visit us June 4th is our dedication at 9 a.m it's open to the public you can do a home tour of both homes we'll have a community breakfast that morning and just come and be part of the celebration wow june 4th i mean that is it's a that's the other thing is amazing how quickly uh, these things uh, happen many many hands make for light work is the uh, old sayings and definitely uh, uh, applies here again uh wendy mccormick from uh, habitat for humanity with us uh, this morning whirlpool uh, finley director of operations ryan deland and uh communication lead laura diger over there who's been the strong silent type but thanks very much for dropping by as well. Good to see you all. Thanks very much. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. Angela Deboski is here once again from the United Way of Hancock County. You guys uh, just wrapped up the big Days of Caring event. Give us kind of a recap of how that went. Uh, it was amazing. So maybe you've even seen it in the community. We had all kinds of folks in Live United shirts. To have over a thousand people united in the opportunities to serve our community was pretty powerful. Putting the united in united way. Yes, absolutely. And the the totals, when you look at the numbers, it's just an amazing uh, amount of volunteer work in terms of dollars that was given back to the community. Yeah, it was a powerful impact. So um, the equivalent of a thousand people out in the community doing four hours of service each is over $125,000 worth Mm. of capacity. Wow. And so United Way is about taking that resource and feeding it back into our nonprofits. But we also did projects like at the fairgrounds, um, uh, different school districts, uh, within park districts as well. So it was really a a very blanketed approach across our community. Yeah, so talk a little bit about uh, some of the different projects that were done. And of course, a big shout out to all of the companies that got involved in uh, making volunteers available and making this happen. Yeah, 100%. So we have companies, our larger companies like Marathon, Cooper, and Whirlpool sending people out. Freudenberg, we had new teams from Hearthside Foods come out in addition to some of our banks actually did different days so that all of their employees could go out and participate. So it was it was very powerful there too. And uh, again, as we have said before, this is, you can't, it's hard to put into words just how much this means to the nonprofits who now don't have to worry about uh line iting line iteming and expenditure to take care of the things that these volunteers did and they can refocus reallocate those funds toward doing what they do yeah and that is one of the the great things so they can save some money and put mm-hmm. it towards uh, you know that boots on the ground work right. that they do every day but then folks get in there and they say and they see what's going on they become advocates in a different way so some of our projects um 
we had teams out building the wall that heals. So mm. that we had yeah. teams doing that. We have teams out at different nonprofits. We have youth teams out exploring our community in ways to help and serve in meaningful ways too. So everybody getting involved and making the Days of Caring a tremendous success, but just because the Days of Caring uh, has passed doesn't necessarily mean that the opportunities to volunteer are passed. Actually, we see it as an on-ramp. So let's dip our toes in, see if we find something that we feel passionate about or a way to serve. Um, Many people did, and then they'll follow up with, hey, how can I serve in additional ways? So we have um, group opportunities, individual opportunities, youth group opportunities. We even have a board and community uh, committee service program that can help connect people in a meaningful way to something they have a passion for in board service. And how do folks learn more about those ongoing opportunities moving forward? Well, I would love to have individual conversations, either me or our volunteer coordinator. You can call our offices or you can go to uwhancock.org. There's a volunteer tab and you can just explore different kinds of opportunities that might be of an interest to you. Just one more way that the United Way of Hancock County is involved in the community, uh, making it a better place in so many different ways. Again, Angela Dabosky with us from the United Way of Hancock County. Angela, thanks very much. Thanks for letting me share our impact. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Um, I still cannot believe that this is still a thing. I just cannot believe that this is, <laughs> this is still a thing. Have we not learned anything in the past uh, two years? Dumb people doing dumb things. Last Friday, a Canadian lawmaker by the name of Shafkwat Ali was participating in a Zoom-like parliamentary session, an online virtual uh, parliamentary session, when uh, other members of parliament became wary of his surroundings. One even stated that it appeared that uh, Mr. Ali uh, might be participating from a washroom. Uh, On Monday, uh, the uh, leader of the House... John Brassard confirmed those suspicions and came to the conclusion that Mr. Ali had his camera on the ledge or ridge on the wall just above the backside of the toilet in the rest, uh, stall of the men's room. <laughs> stall of a men's room. He was participating in a legislative session from the stall in a men's room. Um, the, uh, member of parliament was literally using the washroom while participating in a sitting of the house of commons, the cathedral of Canadian democracy, said the leader of the house. I can't believe I actually just said those words <laughs> for, <laughs> have we learned nothing over the past uh, two years? Uh, don't do that. Mr. Ali apologized for the unfortunate event. And said, I take this matter extremely seriously, all evidence to the contrary, and I promise never to do it again. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Elsewhere, the uh, broken news. Uh, Workers at an Indiana museum have solved a 50-year-old mystery by opening a wall safe 
at the uh, museum. The combination was finally found, and the Ruth Muir Museum workers opened the mystery safe to find inside a paper with insurance information. That's it. That's all they found. It is suspected the safe hadn't been open for much longer than 50 years as the uh, as the building had been around longer than the museum's opening in 1973. Now, nobody knew the whole story behind the uh, safe, but they had always been curious about what it contained. They finally found the uh, found the combination and it was very anticlimactic. A uh, Facebook post uh, said, sadly, the money was gone. Again, did we not learn anything from the opening of Al Capone's vaults? I mean, isn't it a big deal about that? And then nothing. <clears throat> I think we would learn by now. Missouri police are on the hunt for a man who barged into a home and attacked the homeowner, but not before he helped himself to some food. <laughs> the man burst into the house in St. Louis asking for food. The victim told him no. He was then pushed out of the doorway and the man went in and made a bowl of cereal. <laughs> he then took off, but not uh, before he cut the victim uh, who was taken to the hospital for a sliced lip. That's it. That's the only injury and the only thing taken is a bowl of cereal. <laughs> St. Louis police are on the case. A crazy caper. Generally, in the broken news, we have an informal rule that it is not funny when people die. Uh, if there is a death involved, we generally will not use that story in the uh, broken news. However, every rule has an exception, and this is that. A South Carolina man is dead after suffering a heart attack while trying to bury the body of his girlfriend. <laughs> Again, I hate to laugh, but there is a karma thing going on here that is just absolutely delicious. The Edgefield County Sheriff said they received a call about an unresponsive man in his backyard. When they arrived, they found Joseph McKinnon had passed away of what they assumed was natural causes. Upon further investigation, they found the body of Mr. McKinnon's girlfriend, Patricia Dent, partially buried in a freshly dug pit. An autopsy report on the bodies determined that Ms. Dent was strangled. Mr. McKinnon died from a heart attack. Why trying to bury his dead, his dead girlfriend? Again, karma uh, strikes. That's just, that's just too good. <clears throat> Sometimes people get what they deserve. And finally, in the broken news this morning, a South African pastor is uh has been widely criticized after filming himself proposing to a grieving woman in the middle of her father's funeral <laughs> timing timing is everything uh by the way the proposal happened mere feet from the deceased's coffin a uh, video of the proposal has more than 278,000 views online as critics accuse the uh, the man of making the somber occasion all about himself. According to news reports, the pastor who was presiding over the service, he was presiding over the funeral service, had asked for the woman's hand in order to help her heal her broken heart. 
<laughs> he thought it'd make her feel better. <laughs> In the clip, the uh, woman is uh, the daughter of the deceased is seen sobbing in the front row near her father's casket. And then all of a sudden, the suitor, the would-be suitor, kneels in front of the bereaved with a microphone in hand and pops the question. Perfect timing. The other mourners cried out in shock. The whole thing was just (laughs) embarrassing and uncomfortable. I think that's... I can't imagine something like that happening at a funeral. It is the pastor, nonetheless. There you go. Uh, That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news, it certainly is that, brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This is the sound of a popular American motorcycle. It's the sound of freedom, the open road, really good times. And this is what it sounds like with a drunk guy in it. How do you like the sound of that? Cops are cracking down on drunk motorcycle riders. If you ride drunk, you will get caught and you will get arrested. Drunk riding. Over the limit, under arrest. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Transportation. Today's daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Even though we're dealing with... uh, Inflation like we've not seen in 40 years, uh, rising interest rates. People are concerned about this. It seems that there, it still is a safe bet. Uh, gambling is uh, going to be a popular pastime. Uh, there, that is, there are very few, few sure bets, sure things, but uh, gambling is one of them. Industry tra- Trade Group, the American Gaming Association, reports that casinos had their best month in history in the month of march best month ever uh gaming houses casinos raked in 5.31 billion dollars in the month of march alone just in that month uh more than five and a quarter billion dollars that's a jump of 18 and a half percent over march of 2021 now and you see this all across the country Uh, nearly every state that kept their casinos open in 2021 saw a major boost to their bottom lines. The first quarter of this year, the first quarter taken as a whole, saw casino table games and slots earning $11.5 billion. That is a nearly 23% increase from last year. And what's more, with more states allowing casino action... On mobile devices, you know, virtual gaming, iGaming, they call it, uh, and sports betting, those also saw record numbers with revenue from both spiking up more than 60% in the first quarter of 2022 over the same period last year. Long story short, with inflation sky high, as we mentioned, food and gas prices through the roof, it seems that Americans are not slowing down their spending when it comes to placing their bets. And what's more, that just includes, those numbers just include state-sanctioned casinos. Tribal casinos, not included in those numbers. They will report those separately. Wow! 
Well, as you probably know uh, by now, because you've uh, been hearing about this, the second week of May is National Nurses Week, celebrating the many contributions of these very special caregivers. Uh, And with us this morning is Helena Faustin, a registered nurse, cookbook author, and creator of the That Nurse Can Cook blog. She is kicking off, uh, partnering with Band-Aid Brand, a special campaign to help honor nurses of color. Uh, Helena, first of all, talk about the importance. You are a registered nurse, so uh, you know why it is important to honor nurses. What do people need to know with respect to National Nurses Week just in general, first off? Yes. Um, I think people are so accustomed to seeing nurses uh, provide care for everyone else that sometimes people forget that we also have families that we have to provide care for too, right? And we also have to take care of ourselves. So I'm so thankful to be partnering with uh, Band-Aid Brand because they're committed to helping relieve those added stressors that us black nurses sometimes face when we come home from those long 12-hour shifts. Yeah, it you know, nursing is not easy uh, for any nurse, but especially again with this program honoring nurses of color. Talk about this program and the significance of it. Sure. Um, the significance of this uh, fund is absolutely amazing because Band-Aid Brand has partnered with the National Black Nurses Association, and their goal is to help alleviate the stress of those everyday tasks and responsibilities that await us when we get home. So they've established the Band-Aid Brand Our Tone Nurses Recharge Fund. So speaking for myself, you know, We work these long 12-hour shifts, right? And when we get home, we are still faced with laundry, childcare, (laughs) utilities, and grocery shopping. And this fund is going to help us delegate some of those tasks so that we can also provide care for our families and ourselves, too. So there is a story actually behind uh, the bandages that are uh, part of the, I mean, everybody's familiar with Band-Aid. There's a story Mm -hmm. behind the uh, actual bandages that are a part of this, right? Right, right. Um, So Band-Aid Brand has created a custom line of bandages called Our Tone. And I'm so excited for this because, you know, when I'm cooking in the kitchen and I'm chopping up those vegetables and I'm chopping up those herbs and spices, it's almost always inevitable that I get cut. So these our ba- these our tone bandages they flex and they stretch as I move and they come in shades of brown and it embraces the beauty of diverse skin tones. So now I have a band aid that blends in with my skin and it's not such a sight for sore eyes whenever I'm taking a photo or whenever I'm filming my delicious recipes. Well, you know what? I, I first of all I have to say that uh, knowing that you uh, can have those uh, mishaps in, in the kitchen makes the rest of us uh, feel a little yeah. bit less, yes. <laughs> less yes, self-conscious I still about have, it. I'm not immune. I am not immune from a kitchen mishap. <laughs> Things do go awry. I do cut myself from time to time. <laughs> I, I don't feel so uh, self-conscious about that. Now, um, talk a little bit about the the you know the larger uh, issue. Obviously, you know we have heard the stories uh, over the past couple of years how difficult this has been mm-hmm. uh, for nurses and really everyone in the healthcare mm-hmm. uh, industry. Talk about some of the uh, issues that it's important to bring to light uh, impacting nurses and particularly the black mm-hmm. nursing community. 
Right. Well, um, I worked uh, in New York and we were at the epicenter mm. of the pandemic. Oh, boy. And yeah. it was incredibly. Yeah, it was incredibly challenging. And um, as a NICU nurse, uh, my job was to attend these high risk deliveries of these moms who were COVID positive and just watching them be separated from their newborns at birth was incredibly difficult, um, both physically and mentally. And a lot of us are dealing with burnout. And in addition to burnout, we're also faced with a critical nursing shortage. We do not have enough nurses to go around. And the American Nurses Association projected that by the year 2030, we are going to actually need an extra 1.2 million nurses. And I'm so thankful to Band-Aid Brand because they're actually helping us out. Um, they're, they're building on their existing commitment and support of the black nursing community. And they made a multi-year commitment of $300,000 in scholarships to the NBNA and the foundation of the National Student Nurses Association. And this is going to help increase representation and contribute to more equity in the nursing profession so that we have a lot more diversity on the front line. Boy, that uh, that number is uh, so dramatic to us. Uh, 1.5 million uh, nurses going to be needed, and it's uh, right. it, it's sort of a uh, uh, snowball effect. I mean, the more the uh, the shortage, right. the shortage contributes to the burnout, which contributes to people leaving, which only We're exacerbates leaving. the problem that you have in the right. first place. So, um, right. So we need an ongoing support. <laughs> no question. Uh, again, for National Nurses Week, uh, Helena Faustin is with us, registered nurse, cookbook author, creator of the That Nurse Can Cook blog. Where do folks uh, learn more, get more information about this program? Sure. Uh, to learn more about Band-Aid Brand's Our Tone Nurses Recharge Fund and to learn more about these custom thank you cards they're rolling out in partnership with artist cool. Raina Noriega, Head over to Band-Aid Brand's Instagram account because this week they're going to be rolling out uh, those custom thank you cards so that people can share them with a nurse in their life. Definitely a uh, profession that is worth recognizing all year round, but especially this week. Uh, Helena, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the program at our webpage, that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, we get a sneak peek at the technology of the future straight from this week's Google I.O. Developers Conference. Outgoing Senator Rob Portman will share his thoughts on the race to replace him. And we have more recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.